0: Welcome to Celebration Church Online. We are so glad that you've joined us. We want you to share this broadcast with as many people as you can. We believe that it will bless and encourage us all in this season. Remember to continue reaching out to your loved ones. Stay connected with each other, especially with your self-family. The Bible gives us a pattern to look out for one another. Let's speak His word and His strength will carry us through. Hey, I want to greet you today, and uh, we are so blessed to live in the time that we're living in. It's the time of the end, and God has prepared something for you and I in the end of time that opens our hearts to draw near to Him, to seek Him, to desire Him, to desire His presence, and He gives us a future and a hope. I hope that you're not allowing fear to grip your heart. God has given us an opportunity to work on our characters. We've been talking about character over the last few weeks. This morning, I would like you to view your life from the perspective of a long car journey, a long car trip. This trip started at birth. And of course, your parents drove for quite a few years. But at some point, you took over the steering wheel you may have done fine for a while. But lately you're beginning to wonder about the direction that you're traveling or you wonder exactly where you are right now and whether you should even be visiting this particular region. You see, one way to identify your location is to start, if you haven't already, reading the signs along the side of the road. Uh, They'll give you what you need they give you needed information like what highway you're on or what direction you're heading and even what destination you desire to reach now i know this is pretty simplistic and this illustration has its limitations but it can help you and i understand where we may be going when it comes to a life controlling problem or if we are developing life controlling issues What are the road signs that you and I should be looking for or noticing? And just where are we headed? Where are we going? You see, with this picture, with these thoughts in your mind, I want us to look at a list of the various road signs or what I call symptoms of a life controlling problem or life controlling problems or a dependency or a codependency. You see, if you're experiencing growing anticipation of behavioral practice or substance use, it usually leads to a preoccupation. You know, on the job, while you're driving or during just about anything in your daily routine, thoughts turn to that substance or thought turns to that certain behavior. If that's happening, it's called preoccupation, preoccupation. Preoccupation is the first step or the first symptoms. Our minds are increasingly filled with thoughts of the substance or the behavior. And you see this preoccupation is a natural result of the isolation that we dealt with last week in last week's message. Other people are pushed further and further away. We, uh, even more significant is what we do when we isolate ourselves from God. You see, when Christ is not the focus of our lives, then the center of our attention can become the behavior or the substance and that result is preoccupation. For example, vacation or holiday times or or other recreations are planned around the substance or the behavior. Fishing trips become drinking binges. Vacations turn into gambling excursions. You see, it's in times of boredom that the mind Seeks stimulation of thinking about the substance or the behavior. That was the trouble with David and Bathsheba in the Bible. It grew from a preoccupation into a adultery and ultimately murder. When David was idle, the Bible declares that it was what helped set up that situation. It says in 2 Samuel 11, verse 1, And it came to pass... After the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. You see, David was idle, the Bible says, and he'd probably been watching and thinking for quite a while about the neighborhood lady who was bathing on her rooftop. You see, remember... The principle is that thoughts are what lead to our behavior. This progresses into a growing need for the substance or the behavior in times of stress. This need can be brought on by stress on the job. Maybe minor marriage problems or the pressure of an emergency situation. Oh, I've had enough. I've had a rough day. I need a drink. Well, we're seeing many people today under stress because of this COVID crisis the situation, and many are not turning to God. They're turning to substance abuse, substances or relationships to try to ease their pain, to try to ease the stress that they're feeling. Substance may be used in an attempt to prevent stress. That's another thing we have to look at. Oh, this is gonna be a long day. It's gonna be a hard day. i better take a pill. I need my medication. You see, I was preaching in a church in the United States a few years ago, and after an altar call, I called people forward that were dealing with stress or anxiousness or other infirmities. And I spoke to a man in his, I think about his mid-30s. And after finding out that he had issues and he wanted me to pray for him, uh, he decided to tell me that he had chosen to self-medicate in order to deal with the stress. And uh, that he told me then that his uh, choice of medication was alcohol. Uh, needless to say, this prayer session didn't go very well. Even as the substance or behavior begins to take over yours and my thought life or anyone's thought life, those involved may put on a face of normalcy. In other words, other people may not know what's going on. And why is this so? Because other people have been pushed away. We try to keep people at a safe distance so it's easier to hide our thoughts and our actions. Number two, We begin to move from preoccupation to a growing rigidity in our lifestyles. Our rituals begin to develop that lead to use or behavior in small, seemingly innocent steps. For example, a gambler may find himself checking the odds on a daily basis. A sexual addict feels that he needs to cruise around the city or the town or certain streets looking for people of the opposite sex. Frustration. And anger occur when the ritual is interrupted or when someone interferes with the ritual. Someone might get angry with their spouse who happens to come home early or who asks for help with tasks that interfere with the use or the practice that they're being involved in. Particular times of the day are set aside for that use or that practice. For example, after work, we have an after work drink or a bedtime pill. There's a number of those things. Or maybe what happens is we have self-imposed rules that begin to be adjusted or ignored as our need for this substance grows. For example, my my no drinking at lunch rule. I can be broken just this once. Or I never risk more than such and such an amount of dollars in a week. But this is such a great chance to win back all that I've lost and maybe even more. (laughs) Social events and Free time activities, are limited. we begin to limit those to those which accommodate our practice or our usage. I cannot go anywhere without my medication. I only get together with fellow drinkers, fellow users, fellow gamblers, or people that stimulate my sexual activity. Social activities increasingly involve sexual attraction, whatever the addiction is. Number three, then we go to this next stage, which is loss of control. All of our areas of life and lifestyle are now structured to serve and support the life-controlling problem. We now become enslaved by the use or the practice. The use or the practice is no longer limited to set times of the day. Morning drinking and blackouts may become a part of alcohol use. Substance use may involve continuous dosages. X-rated movies are watched at home now. Porn sites and magazines are kept readily available within short reach. Binges, spending on food, uh, or or buying compulsively are given into. You see, there are repeated harmful consequences resulting from the life-controlling problem. But even so, the use or the behavior now cannot stop. Let me give you an example. Sickness are always set. Broken relationships, lost jobs, they just continue. The gambler may be losing far more than he can afford. The compulsive spender may be fusing huge credit card bills or debts. This is where we need to be spiritually aware and This is where the Bible helps us. The Bible talks about perseverance. So as we continue our study of the scriptures that we've We we see that we've been given exceedingly and precious promises, great and precious promises. And we know that if we begin to live by these, that we're able to participate in the divine nature. And and that allows us to overcome any controlling, in fact, anything. We can overcome anything with God's divine nature. So to honestly identify the symptoms of a life-controlling problem, that quite frankly may be the most difficult task we ever face. But we know that we're not alone in the struggle. You see, we find great comfort in the Bible and the Scriptures that we have been using as the basis for our teaching. 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 11. By now we should have almost memorized it. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of Him who called us By his own glory and his own goodness through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them we may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires for this reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control Perseverance. There's our word for the day. Perseverance. Perseverance. We're going to talk about perseverance. And to perseverance, we go on and talk about godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities, the Bible says, in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. Forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I love that passage of Scripture. Add to self control perseverance. Perseverance. You see, I think perseverance could be described as endurance or holding tightly to a firm commitment over the long haul, over a long period of time. The good news is that this perseverance leads to two kinds of rewards. The first will be freedom from our life controlling problem. And then there are the rewards that will go on into eternity. I want to take a deeper look at the Bible and what the Word of God has to say about the benefits, the perseverance. Uh, some people don't know what it means to persevere. They don't know what it means to endure. And I want to talk to you about how we can find strength and courage to persevere. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us, And the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Some versions say the author and the perfecter. And it says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is the pioneer. He's the author. He's the perfecter of our faith. We need to have perseverance to do this. Ephesians 6, verses 10-18 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground and having done all, stand. Stand firm then for with your belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. There's a perseverance in that. Fight, stand. Having done all, stand. Keep standing. Persevere. Stay in there. Get that armor on. 2 Corinthians 10 Verses 3-6, it says, For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be able to And we will be ready, the Bible says, to punish every act of disobedience once our obedience is complete. That doesn't sound easy, does it? Because it's not. It is really a persevering thing. We've got to bring every thought captive. We've got to punish every act of disobedience and make our obedience complete. Hebrews 10, verses 35 and 36 says, So do not throw away your confidence because it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you can receive what was promised. Don't throw away your confidence, hang in there so you can receive what God promised, the promises of God. 2 Timothy 2 verses 12 and 13, the King James Bible says, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, Because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. The process of sanctification and the process of belief in the truth is just that. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a period of time. And it needs perseverance. Sanctification is a work. Sometimes we get discouraged. We get let down. We feel like, man, I'm not making it. I have good news for you persevere. Hang in there. Your perseverance will lead you into the godliness and the character that God wants for you. Philippians 1 and verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Well, I tell you what, I get hope in that because I see Jesus is persevering with me. He's begun the work and he will perform it until he returns. Thank God. You see, as we develop our faith in Jesus Christ, our lives are characterized by goodness, which we said was moral excellence. As we exercise goodness, as goodness is exercised, we develop a greater knowledge of who we are in Christ. When we exercise that knowledge, it enables us to master our appetites and to begin to experience self-control. As we practice self-control, then it's God who gives us the ability to persevere. That word persevere means to patiently endure. The decision to, pers- to persevere, the decision to patiently endure, is an active choice to go with God. I want to go with God. See, making that decision may involve reordering the priorities of our life. For example, Hebrews says this in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin which so easily entangles. And let us run with patience the race that is marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter, the author and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Is there something that's hindering you as you run the race? Is there something that entangles you? What can help you? Think about it. What can help you today fix your eyes on Jesus? See, recognizing the symptoms of a life-controlling problem and then beginning to take the steps necessary to break out of its heart, I break out of its control, is really hard work. And and it doesn't happen overnight. It requires the kind of perseverance that God is willing to build into our lives as we daily practice self-control. Now, we practice self-control in the big issues and in the little ones. If you can learn to begin to set a pattern of dealing with the little issues, there are little things that you can do. that's why we discipline our children. We help them to get up in the morning and brush their teeth, make their beds. Uh, they should have certain things that they do every morning. That's why you get up and you, before you go leave the room, you make the bed together. You or you, uh, you have a routine because it's those daily disciplines that are so important, and they lead to bigger disciplines. An undisciplined life, an undiscipled life is the seedbed. It's the place where people can begin to let go. They stop giving room for God to work in their lives. God's all about order. God's all about direction. God's all about a life that's full of the disciplines of life. And this persevering at doing the little things will lead to you doing the greater things, the bigger things. And so this week, I want you to just think about some of the little things that you need to bring back into the disciplines of your life. You know, we can get lazy. We can get fearful. Uh, You know, there was a time in my life where I was really under a lot of stress. I was struggling. I was not well. And I remember that I had to force myself to do some of the basics of life. Get up and lock the garage doors and lock the gate. And I have to tell you, it was really hard. I, I, I had become in some ways fearful. In some ways I'd become... Lazy, in some ways I had just become indisciplined. But i never forget shaking myself and saying, okay. And I made quality decisions. Every night I'm going to do this. Every day I'm going to do this. Every day I'm going to do that. And it wasn't long and I was gaining ground again. And that fear and those uh, anxieties and those just lazy attributes began to be pushed away. And I persevered, adding perseverance to my goodness. I want to ask you to make this a point of discussion, maybe with your family, maybe with a friend, maybe in your cell group this week. Let's keep working on this. I know it's a journey. And uh, I know that you're getting a ton of information on these messages. I think these are messages you can go back and go over again and again and again. And I want to encourage you to do that. And then those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening, Those numbers on the screen are there for you. They're there for you to make contact with somebody who can maybe not help you immediately, but can stand with you or pray with you or lead you to a pastor or lead you to a counselor or even help you to get professional counseling if you're really struggling with a problem. I have to tell you, the hardest thing to do sometimes is to admit that we have a problem. But today, we have encouragement through the Word of God, through our fellowship with the Holy Spirit and with each other that we can overcome these things. Let me pray for you. Father, my prayer for all who are listening, all under the sound of my voice is that you would cause your grace to be extended towards each and every one of us. Father, we can't do this without you. We can't do this without your son, Jesus Christ. We acknowledge that he paid the full price for our sin. And Holy Spirit, we can't do this without you. We ask you to do your part. You said you would lead us into all truth. You would guide us. You would teach us. You would instruct us. That you would convict us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Holy Spirit, please, today, remove scales from our eyes. Remove hardness from our heart. Help us. Be our helper, our comforter. Help us today to be all we can be for your kingdom, for our families, for each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope and trust that you've been blessed by this service. Stay connected with us through our social media platforms, Facebook and WhatsApp. As we go, stay safe, stay blessed, stay connected.